All right, so Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 17, and then through the end of chapter 2. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Thanksgiving is almost here. What are you thankful for? Are any of you thankful for a fish? Jonah certainly was. This evening, my hunch is that we feel a number of different things. Some of us are feeling thankful. Some of us are feeling thankless. Some of us are feeling a complicated mix in between. Whatever the case, our passage tonight is what we all need to hear once again. We need to hear and be reminded of God and of His grace. As we plumb the depths of God's grace for us, we will respond in thanksgiving. This is what we find in the life of Jonah, that grace produces gratitude. Rescue by grace produces a grateful response. So let's get started. So verse 17 says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We all knew this, this was coming. This is such a familiar, beloved Bible story. But try to recapture the surprise of what happens here. What? A fish swallowed up Jonah? Think about it. No one saw this coming. Well, with one exception, God did. God saw it coming. He appointed the fish. So from a human perspective, what a surprising, miraculous deliverance. Swallowed up by a fish? Yeah, really. But this was not only a surprising deliverance. I think the best word to, to, to describe this deliverance is the word grace. There's not only a surprising deliverance, a gracious deliverance. Remember how the previous passage ended. As pagan sailors sacrifice to the Lord, Jonah sinks in a storm. The passage ends 
The previous passage ends with the prophet drowning in a holy storm of God's wrath. Jonah had run from God, and he's now getting the judgment that his sin deserved. The judgment of death. That's how the previous passage ends. It's a fearful picture of what we deserve. It's it's what you deserve. It's what I deserve, apart from the grace of God in Christ. Apart from Christ, you are guilty. You are guilty. A sinner who should be eternally condemned. But God, God graciously appointed a fish to swallow up Jonah. So, like Jonah, your salvation and my salvation is by grace alone. I can't read this story, the story about Jonah being swallowed up by a fish, without thinking of that children's song. Maybe you know it. Uh, I won't sing it, but it goes like, like this. Who did, who did, who did, who did, who did swallow Jojo Jonah? I'm not sure if you know that one. Yes, yes. That one, Yes. So it's a fun and memorable song. And if you think about it, it's a, it's a song about the best news the world has ever heard. The unexpected, think of it this way, the unexpected gulp of a fish is picturing the unexpected grace of God. That's what it's picturing. Who did, who did, who did, who did swallow Jonah? A fish did. It's a picture of God's grace. That's what it is. Now, How long was Jonah in the belly of the fish? Three days and three nights. Perhaps you know that Jonah, not Jonah, Jesus, once alluded to that very fact. This passage is printed for you on the reflection page. That's page two, so I encourage you to flip back to that. So page two, listen to what Jesus says. This is in Matthew 12, verses 38 through 40. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered Jesus, saying, Teacher, we wish to to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So, The experience of Jonah was like a death and resurrection. A death and resurrection. And it foreshadowed the death and resurrection of the greater prophet to come. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the grave. And Jesus saves all who put their faith and trust in him alone. So how can God be gracious to Jonah? How can he be gracious to you and me? How is it that we don't get what our sins justly deserve. Because Jesus, because Jesus drowned in a storm of God's holy wrath. Because Jesus died on the cross, separated from his Father. And because Jesus rose from the pit, in him we too are resurrected. With Christ we died, and with Christ we live again in resurrection. And that's true now. Resurrection life. How can God be gracious to guilty sinners like us? Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because of three days and three nights. Guilt to grace. And grace to gratitude. 
We're seeing that. We're hearing about it in our study of Romans. What do we see in Jonah? Guilt to grace and grace to gratitude. Rescue by grace produces a grateful response. In this psalm, chapter 2, we see a sinner's grateful response to God's grace. That's what it is. So yes, this is Jonah's thanksgiving. But if you have been saved by God's grace, then it's your song of thanksgiving too. So with that in mind, let's turn now to this song of thanksgiving. This song of thanksgiving. Verse 1. Verse 1 is simple, but it is so significant. Verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Jonah prayed. He prayed. The captain had pleaded with Jonah, Arise, call out to your God. Did Jonah pray? No. The pagan sailors called out to the Lord, Oh Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. Did Jonah pray? No. But now, in the belly of the fish, Jonah prays for the first time in this book. Jonah turns to the Lord. He had been running. Now he turns to the Lord. He had been trying to avoid God's presence, but now he seeks God. He turns to the Lord. He prays to his God. And the fact that Jonah is praying, it shows a remarkable work of God's grace in his heart. He's praying. And I want, to, I want us to think about this a little bit. The, the, how prayer is a sign of God's grace at work in our hearts. This illustration came to mind. You're familiar with John Newton, the author of Amazing, the hymn Amazing Grace. Well, he, he was once in a storm, a real storm. And this was before his conversion. So he was truly a pagan sailor. And on one particular night, he went to, he went to bed. It was a peaceful night out on the seas. And he woke up to the ship sinking. He woke up to someone crying out, we're sinking. So he, he goes to run up on deck. The captain stops him and says, no, go, go get a knife. I need a knife. So he returns down below. Someone else runs up in his place and immediately is washed overboard. He says that the ship was a wreck in a matter of minutes. They were literally uh, trying to save their lives out in the middle of the sea. This tremendous storm. John Newton was a pagan. But the situation became so desperate that at one point, and he says, I said, almost without meaning, if this will not do, the Lord have mercy on us. This is someone who had not turned to the Lord for years and years and years and years. If, the, if this will not do, the Lord have mercy on us. Newton was not yet born again, but it was the mark of a new beginning. It was, it was the beginning of his repentance, of his turning to God. If this will not do, the Lord have mercy on us. And I wonder, think about your own life. When has, when has prayer marked your turning to God? When were those moments in your life when it could be said of you, then Colin prayed to the Lord his God. Then Teddy prayed to the Lord his God. Then Amy, then Jenny, then Pete prayed to the Lord their God. 
we could all share examples of what that looked like for each one of us. These prayers are astounding testimonies of the grace of God in our lives. If not for God's grace, we wouldn't pray. If not for God's grace, we wouldn't pray. We wouldn't turn to Him. But God is gracious, and He brings us back into His presence. And prayer, this turning to Him, is a sign of His his grace. He's at work. So Jonah prayed. How simple, but so significant. He prayed. And what did he pray? Well, verse 2 is a little bit like a summary verse. Verse 2 says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Can you relate? Can you relate to what Jonah is saying here? I called out, and he answered me. He answered me. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, out of my shame, out of my exhaustion, out of my troubles and darkness and confusion and pain and hopelessness. I called out, and he answered me. He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. I felt like I had died, that I was as good as dead. And you know what happened? The Lord answered me. He answered me. He listened. Can you relate to Jonah? I called out and God answered. I was in distress and he delivered me. I was dead, but God gave me life in Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, then this, to some extent, is true of you. No, you weren't swallowed by a fish, but God heard your cry. And he gave you life in his son, Jesus Christ. This is your song, your thanksgiving. As we consider the rest of the psalm, we'll see how Jonah uses a lot of words and images that describe what literally happened to him. He literally almost drowned to death. But these words and images can be applied to all kinds of distresses. We speak about being overwhelmed, of trying to catch our breath. We might speak about our circumstances like we're drowning. Like we're drowning in something that's really, really hard. A particular suffering or drowning in a particular sin. So, as we look at these next few, few verses, consider how do these words capture your experiences of distress? You don't need to have been drowning in a storm for these words to apply to you. So, verse 3, Jonah says, For you cast me into the deep. Into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Did you notice? Who cast Jonah into the sea? The sailors were certainly the means, but ultimately, it was the Lord's doing. Jonah is recognizing here that his near-death experience was the sovereign, fatherly discipline, or chastisement, of his God. You cast me into the sea. God used the waves and the billows to wake Jonah up. He used the raging storm to bring him back to his senses. And what does this show us? It shows us how far God will go to rescue his rebellious children. God will go to these lengths. He will send a storm. He will cast Jonah into the sea. He will nearly drown so that this rebellious prophet returns to him. 
How far has God gone to rescue you from your rebellion? How far has he gone? What storms has he sent to bring you back? To turn you from your running? Like Jonah, when have you realized that it was God who cast you into the sea? You cast me into the sea. Pastor theologian Sinclair Ferguson says this. He says, Few principles are more important in the Christian life than the practical recognition of the sovereign God and his gracious determination to draw us near to himself, whatever the cost might be. Few few principles are more important than this when we practically recognize that our God is sovereign and he is graciously determined to to draw us near to himself, whatever the cost might be. Like Jonah, when have you recognized the sovereign grace of God? When has it dawned on you that your God is sovereign? When has it passed from a, a, a doctrine, the sovereignty of God, to something that's very personal? Oh, my God is the sovereign God. And he is so graciously determined to save. He saved me, even when it meant casting me into a sea. Few principles are more important than this practical recognition. Jonah continues to describe his distress in in verses 4 and following. Jonah had gone down to Joppa, and he had gone down into the boat. His descent, down, 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 now hits bottom. And he hits the bottom hard. Verse 4 says, Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. The Lord delivered him. The Lord delivered you and me. We died, but in Christ we live again. From death to resurrection because of grace. Brothers and sisters, this this is our joyful confession. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Each one of us can say that and delight to praise God in saying it. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Listen now to the closing verses of his thanksgiving. Jonah says, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So much could be said, but consider, consider, what, consider what the grace of God produces in our lives. Let's look at these couple verses. What does God's grace produce in our lives? Well, in Jonah's life and ours, it produces a new sense of the folly of idolatry. Verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. How foolish to center our lives on anyone or anything but the one true God. 
If you cling to worthless idols, you forfeit grace. Grace that could be yours. If anyone clings to idols, this is what they're forfeiting. This is what they're giving up. Grace. Grace produces this new sense that idolatry is so foolish. Why? Why would we cling to idols? Grace also produces thankful consecration to God. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. I will pay my vows. Do you hear what Jonah is saying? He's saying, Lord, I will go where you call me to go. I will be who you've called me to be. I will do what you have called me to do. If Jesus died for me, then how can I not live for him? How can I not live for him? Grace produces this sense of joyful, glad-hearted consecration to God. What I have vowed, I will pay. I belong to you. Use me as you will. So grace produces all of these things. It also produces, and we'll land here as we, as we get toward the end of this, of this psalm of thanksgiving. Grace produces a new sense of God himself. A new, fresh sense of God. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to me or to you or to anyone else. It belongs to the Lord from start to finish. And that's, that's such good news. That's such good news for those of us who are praying for covenant children, who are praying for unbelieving adult children or neighbors or family members. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It belongs to Him. That, that is any sinner's hope. That is our hope as we pray as we share the gospel, as we engage with unbelievers, whoever they might be. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah, by the end of this psalm, has a new sense of God. You can, you can see him just marveling. It's like he's standing in the presence of God. It's like he hasn't, well, he is. He's been running. Now he's in God's presence and it's just marveling. Salvation belongs to the Lord. The Lord saves. The Lord alone Saves. The Lord alone saves whom and how he will. Salvation belongs to the Lord. This is what we proclaim through Jesus Christ. Salvation belongs to the Lord. What a psalm of thanksgiving. What a psalm of thanksgiving and what a change in the heart of Jonah. By the end of this psalm, we see a changed heart. God is not yet done with Jonah, but we see a changed heart. We see his changed heart, but we also see a heart that does not change. Here's what I mean. We see the changed heart of Jonah, but we also see, more importantly, we see the unchanging heart of our God. We see a God who appoints fish, who answers prayer, who casts into the sea, who brings the dead back to life. This is the unchanging, gracious heart of our God. This is the God who is graciously determined to do you good, whatever the cost. How can we not respond with glad thanksgiving? How can we not? Rescue by grace produces a grateful response. You have been rescued by grace. Respond.
So that brings us to the end of Jonah's Thanksgiving. And it's not, it's not the end of the story. For tonight, our passage ends with verse 10. And after the excitement, after the exuberance of this psalm of thanksgiving, verse 10 could not be more abrupt or undignified. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Think about it. Think about it. Salvation belongs to the Lord. The next moment. Does God have a sense of humor or what? I, yeah, I think he does. After being swallowed by a fish, Jonah is vomited out. The Lord delivered his prophet. He had been drowning in the depths. And now he's put back on dry land. Back on dry land. The Lord has delivered his prophet out of death into life. So what are you thankful for? Christian, what are you thankful for tonight? Unlike Jonah, none of us have been swallowed up by a fish. None of us have been vomited out by a fish. But like Jonah, we have been rescued by our God of sovereign grace. How should people who have been rescued by grace respond? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Amen.